Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi everyone, it's Chatting with Ned, and I'm Natalie Jean, Natalie Jean, and today we have the honor of having singer-songwriter Carmel Paradise. Carmel Paradise is a singer-songwriter who grew up in a small village outside of Bratislava. My God, Bratislava. No, I'm going to get this. Bratislava, Slovakia. I hope I said that right because I tried. She has experimented with various genres of music, releasing the pop-punk album Made of Matches with her band, The House United, as well as an electronica pop EP, Dream Girl. Currently based in Connecticut, she's working on her debut solo album. Let's give her a round of applause. Hi, thanks for having me. I hope I didn't butcher your village's name. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're all good. It's it's not easy. (laughs) No, that was not easy. Not at all. So how have you been? I've been good. You know, I'm sort of uh, settling in. I just, I just moved to Connecticut. So, you know, lots of, lots of exploration, just uh, figuring things out. So the past three years have been kind of cray-cray. Uh, not kind of, they've just been that way. It's just definitely. Whoa. Every morning I wake up, I'm like, did I really live through that? Am I really living through what <laughs> in this world? So the question for you is this. How have you been during this, let's see, elections, George Floyd situation, um, Roe versus Wade, monkeypox, uh, COVID has two babies, uh, flu, now there's RSV, I said polio's trying to make a comeback. Um, oh boy! Tsunamis, earthquakes, assassinations. <laughs> have you been? Have you been through all of this mess? You know, just I just kind of just kind of watching it all unfold. I guess I right. I was I was in Europe for most of the last uh, couple years, and uh, just kind of you know in my little town, right? Um, watching things happen, uh, and you know obviously very surreal at some points. Uh, one of the biggest things location-wise was the um, invasion of Ukraine, right? Because there are Ukraine borders Slovakia, so they're right next door, basically. Um, so that was, yeah, that was a big thing. We had a lot of you know, refugees coming in, um, lots of, like, a lot, a lot of my friends who, who had the space were sort of signing up to take people in. Uh, so that was definitely, like, one of the most... Um, I guess present things that happened right. for for me over the last couple of years. That's that's huge. That's a big one. Yeah. Um, Ukraine. I mean, Russia. Oh, that's 
I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I don't. I just don't understand how a person can be so cold and evil. Um, the things oh, that have transpired uh, during this Ukraine war. I mean, it's just disgusting. And yeah, to sit back and watch that, um, and, and and not being able to do anything about it, you just sit there and you're just like, I. I mean, I just. Ugh, it's just very sad. Now, um, oh, obviously, yeah. obviously. The past three years have been something else. Um, so I mm-hmm. like to ask this question. You know, one of the things I give a little story. You know, I saw during the pandemic. I saw obviously people died. Obviously, right. <laughs> you know, people lost limbs. Actually, people survived, lost limbs. People have long-term COVID. Um, but there was pros um, to being locked down. Um, for yeah. about it or not I mean I always say this you know I saw families walking together which is not supposed to be odd but I think people are, are more into the fast-paced lifestyle as at least where I live um I know that I had colleagues that said oh my gosh I need to cut back on work because I realized that I'm missing a lot in my family's lives um you know climate change my god the animals out there were just like and the trees were just like I hope they don't come back because the pollution level actually went down when we were not right. in the universe, um, so many people, <laughs> so many articles about people quitting their job because what this did, what the pandemic did, is it allowed for a lot of self-reflection, and a lot of for people, sure. decided, you know what I mean? They decided, oh my god, yeah. I need to make money, but I need to be happy. I need to fulfill my dreams, my passion, my mission out there. So a lot of people quit their jobs and started doing what they really love to do. They wanted to smile when they got into work. Um, yeah. And then there's people like you and I. Some people yeah. just have <laughs> brand. Some people did an EP, album, track, you know, single. Some people decided, no, I'm not doing this music thing anymore. It's just too much. Yeah, so during yeah. this time, did you have any self-introspection in regards to your life with music? Is there anything that you wanted to change? Um, is there anything that you're just like, I oh, know I'm a, I'm all good. I'm just gonna do it my, the way that I'm doing it. Well, you know, I mean, it was it was um, yeah. I mean, definitely a time for self reflection with a lot of things. I think also because my sister is in the entertainment industry as well, um, and she was pretty much working full time as a musician. Um, when COVID hit and, uh, you know, she was touring full time. And so, you know, that was, I think, also really scary to see, like, all of your, basically all of your work immediately canceled and all of your income just completely, like, shut out, right? Um, So that was definitely a little bit of, like, a wake-up call for both of us of of kind of, like, trying to, to get our head on straight and be like, okay, what do we do? What do we do next? For right. me, it was a little bit easier. You know, I was still in school and I was studying online. So it was all just kind of like while everybody was struggling to transition right. to online classes, I was already like, no, nah, I got this. I've been doing this for a while. <laughs> so that was one that was one good side. But I think with music and the the, it was almost kind of nice to be shut in because, you know, in trying to be productive and trying not to waste time, I ended up writing a lot more. Um, I tend to, I tend to write a lot in, in the first place. And, but of course having that extra time of, well, it's not like you can go out, so you might as well sit right. down at the piano and put something together. Right. So in, in that regard, it was good. I think it definitely sort of um, pushed me to, to create more. Um, mm. And, and I guess gave me the, gave me that, that, that extra time in, in, inside in order to do that. 
I actually, that first year, I was just, I couldn't, I'm create, creativity, I couldn't, my creative juices were not flowing. I just, you know, I've got, <laughs> I couldn't care less about music. I was just like, oh my God, there's nothing flowing through me. I just, I was just, it was, and I did get COVID. I actually had it twice. I think I've had it three times, but, and, and oh, I've wow. been and boosted and shot up and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I, was there just a period where I was just like, no, I'm not in the mood for this. And then the following year in 2021, I was, I got my juices flowing and released like seven singles back to back, which I will never do again, because that's, a, that's too much <laughs> promo. And people are just like, oh my gosh, why didn't you just make an album? And I said, because they all don't go together. I'm like a theme writer. I don't just throw oh, yeah, them together. You know what I mean? You just don't throw songs oh, together. And say, Here I have an album. No, that's not what I do. Yeah. Um, I totally get you know, it. But I'm I I was like you you in the sense that um, I wasn't writing but I I did a lot of courses like I took all right. these conferences these these webinars on music and I did I took a webinar actually it was um, called Cap TikTok University so I learned a lot okay. about yeah I learned a lot about TikTok yeah. they say that we we need to do five videos a day. Now I tried that because I think it's ridiculous, but I tried that. And it's just, <laughs> what do you really say? I mean, there's plenty that's to say. What, that's, what, that's my question. Is like I don't like like people are like, okay, well you got to be active on social media, and I'm like, yeah, but what? Like what I don't do have you, that many ideas. Like I, there's not much exactly. I do in the day. I live kind of a boring life, you know. It, but well, you know, it was interesting because I would try to come up with ideas, and I, I would watch things and say, okay. Maybe I could do this. Maybe I could do that. And then it would flip. But after a while, it is really hard. Um, if you have a life, it is really hard yeah. <laughs> to do five videos a day. And, I, and here now I do try to do one once a week. And even sometimes I can't even do that. And, you know, it's yeah. just like, okay, I get it. We, You know, people want to see us. But one thing that I learned about um the social media aspect of things, especially TikTok, is that the videos that do the the best are the ones where you're very authentic, okay? Because mm-hmm. when people look at that, they're like, oh, my God, I could do that, too. They like to see things where they can actually do the same thing that you're doing. Like, they like to watch the mainstream artists. That's great. But it's not as fun as when you just see regular people just either doing stupid stuff <laughs> or where you <laughs> learn yeah. something from it or somebody just being real. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for sure. How important is, is it for you to be authentic, you know, in your music, in your life? Oh yeah, like really important. I think because for me, like the 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 style of writing that I've always done is sort of a you know, almost kind of a a sort sort of a storyteller type of a type of okay. writing. And it's it's almost like it's almost like journaling for me, you know. Right. Um, and so all of my music is 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 deeply personal, um, and I think that uh, I think that that's sort of what I like to me. That's definitely one of what I think is like a strength um, is sort of being able to be authentic in your music. And um, so that's a, yeah, that's definitely a big thing to me. And I think also, you know, sometimes it's it's one of those things where I feel like lying, like not necessarily lying, but. Um, but just sort of like um, being able to sort of um, masquerade, which is a skill in and of itself um, mm-hmm. and definitely useful in a lot of, in a lot of like uh, aspects of life. But I think it's one of those things that you have to be like practice at to be good at. And I'm just out of practice. No. So, 
I, I, you know, I, I really struggle with sort of like, um, uh, with, with, with sort of putting on that kind of mask. And so, I mean, obviously part of it is I, I do value being authentic, but another part of it is just, I don't really know how to be anything else. Right. Um, you know, so it's, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, um, it's, at least in my music, I feel um, like even if people don't like what I'm putting out, you know, there's, you're never going to please everyone. I don't feel exactly. like I, I don't feel like I, you know, like compromised on my own like personal integrity to create something for somebody else. If that makes sense. No, that completely makes sense. Now, how did you get into the music industry? You know, did you come out of the womb? <laughs> and it's like I, you know, I'm all about the music. Or was it something that you heard, you saw? What makes you made you decide to get into the music industry? Well, um, you know, I my sister came out of the womb interested in music, <laughs> like four months old, and she was into it, you know. But for me, it was more like I was a little bit. I mean, I I was still a kid, you know. But um, me and my sister were both really into music. Um as kids. And so, you know, our parents were really supportive. They enrolled us in like, like piano classes, singing classes, whatever. Um, and, um, we started writing at a young age too. I mean, like nine or 10, we started writing songs. They were not any good, but, um, we started. Um, and so, yeah, so that's always been like a big, for me, it was always like, I was always more focused on the writing part of music, whereas my sister was more of a performer, but of course, both of us did both performing and, and writing. Right. Um, so yeah, it was, it, it is kind of, you know, from childhood has always been, a, it's always been a very big thing for me. I think that, you know, your, your sense of identity really changes as you grow right. and well into adulthood, it changes. Right. And so I think that, you know, throughout all the phases that I've gone through and, and all the different things I felt like I really identified with and as they've changed, the one thing that has remained really consistent and the one thing that I've always um, really strongly identified myself with is, is being a writer and specifically being a songwriter. And so that's, yeah, that's something that's definitely been with me my whole life. Awesome. Now you say you're singer songwriter. Um, yeah. You have a preferred, I mean, it could be a singer songwriter in any genre. Do you have a preferred type of genre that you like to do or do you do your own thing? You know, it's weird because generally it's kind of the same with how I listen to music. You know, I don't listen to music because it's a specific genre. I just like to listen to songs and then like, you know, whatever genre it is, if I like the song, then I like it, you know? And for me, of course, um, as a lyricist, like I do really value good lyrics. So even Mm -hmm. if it's a genre that maybe I don't listen to a lot, I can still really appreciate well-written lyrics. Um, so for, when it comes to creating my own music, I have a great interest in sort of experimenting with a lot of genres. Um, I really, really enjoyed um, doing sort of like that punk, pop punk thing when I was a teenager. That was always really fun. I'd love to return to it one day. Pop has also been really fun um, because it's sort of experimentative and we're trying different things and different sounds. Um so yeah, I'm kind of all over the place because I don't want to sort of tie myself down to anything and feel like I'm restricted in any way. Right now, I'm doing pop because that's what feels right and that's what feels that's what that's what I've been writing, just not on purpose, but just basically been what's coming out. 
And so for now, I'm, I'm happy to go with that. But I think as if my writing changes, if I sort of naturally transition to something else, I'm just going to go with it. Now, do you, are you strict with your writing in the sense of do you follow the protocols of, you know, some people just like, they're like sticklers. They're like, okay, I'm going to do verse, verse, and then there's going to be a chorus, and then I'll do verse, mm-hmm. verse, and the bridge, and the chorus. Do you, are you a stickler to that? Or do you like to experiment in that way with song, with your lyrics? Do you like to do maybe a different way? You know, I don't, I mean, I didn't know there was a structure that <laughs> you were supposed to stick to. But I think I think it's more of like I follow my own pattern just based on like what's habit, but I don't like consciously do it. It's just more of an okay. automatic thing because of like it's just sort sort of something that I've always um, done. So I I typically start like if I I usually collect ideas. So like if I randomly have an idea for a line or just an idea for a theme of a song, I'll put it all. I've got you know my notes app is full of them, and. Um, and sometimes, like, if I really feel like writing a song, I'll kind of go through it, and I'll be like, all right, what, what's standing out to me the most? And then I'll, I'll kind of play around with some melodies. And if it, if it feels like it's going to start with a verse, then it starts with a verse. If it feels like it's more of a chorus, then, then it's a chorus. And just kind of go from there. So I usually kind of start with one little seed and, and see what happens. Um, so I, it, just, just, it, it usually ends up starting with a verse. And then, mm. but it's just kind of, it's just, I think that's just more of like a, a habit than anything. Yeah, the reason I asked the question is because, you know, there's certain genres that are stickler for format. Um, like jazz is one, um, pop is another country. My God, if you, you, can't, you can't use the same <laughs> word, right? you have to rhyme this, that, and the other. Um, yeah. I often time, you know, when I started writing, I was doing the verse, verse, and chorus, verse, 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 blah, 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 all that good stuff. And then I start, I'm like, why am I writing like this? And then mm-hmm. I started to write more like a poem and just doing the right. doing the way that I want to, writing the way that mm-hmm. I, rather than trying to stick to this certain format, because I felt restricted by doing that. Um, what right. I'm trying do in life is you know you know how there's all these nfts out there which is i think yeah. a beautiful thing, but i really want to push the idea that music is an art form because somebody paints or draws you know nobody mm-hmm. goes to that painting and says, well why didn't they put a dash of yellow or blue or whatever <laughs> and the stencil is so wrong here they they don't do that but yeah. you're apt to criticize music and look music yeah. is subjective just like art is but it is not right. as criticized as much. It's like, no, you're supposed to do it this way. No, I don't think it should be in this genre. No, da, 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 which is yeah. just ridiculous. I wish that we as a society could just, you know, listen to music and just see the artistic, the artistic viewpoint about the, the, the music, the musicianship, or even the lyrics themselves, because, you know, some things can be just so mundane. It's like, oh, when you listen to the radio, it's always the same song to me. It's just the same, yeah. same all over again. There's nothing that's like new where you're just like, oh, wait a minute. That sounds very interesting. And I've right. been to conferences where they're like, okay, if you're writing, if you're a lyricist and you're writing a song for Rihanna or whoever, they're like, mm-hmm. don't give me something she's done. Give me something she hasn't done. But nine, right. nine, yeah. nine times out of ten, they're still playing the same stuff. Yeah. <laughs> And you're just like, wait a minute, what's going on here? 
you know, I think yeah. music as a whole really needs to start evolving. Yeah. You know? I think that's also a nature of music being seen as a business as opposed to an right. art, right? I think that's the right. nature of it because then it's, it changes from being a work of art to being a product. Right. And, you know, as soon as you start seeing it as a product, then you want to just manufacture it. You know, you want to just pump right. them out one after another, right? And so then it becomes more like, okay, we're just kind of like manufacturing basically the same thing over and over again because it sells, right? Um, which I honestly, I don't think is necessarily anything wrong with that. Like if that's what you're doing and if, if that's what people like enjoy, then that's fine. But I think that kind of oversaturating the market with that can be a little bit tough for people who still really want to make music right. in, in terms of like expressing their art. Right. Mm-hmm. And not to say one is better than the other, you know, it's not to like, not to be sort of snobby about it, but um, it's just, I think it's just a different approach to music, right? There's a business approach and there's an art approach. And I think there should be room for both um, in the industry. Now, what do you think about people that write about the times? Like I'm a social impact writer. Um, mm-hmm. I write about everything. You know, some, some artists, oh, yeah, I don't want to put politics, this, that, and the other. But see, that's yeah. where authenticity comes into play for me. If somebody's yeah. going to like me as an artist, they have to like all of me. I mean, you're not going to agree with everything that I believe in. That's just sure. as normal. But I'm not trying to be something that I'm not either. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, right. So I think that, I mean, back in the day, in the 60s and 70s, people used to write and sing about the times all the time. And it wasn't as right. big a deal as it is now. Now some people mm-hmm. are just like, no, you don't want to do that. You alienate your fans. But if your fans really understand who you are, they're not going to leave you. They may disagree with you, but they're not going to say, oh, my mm-hmm. God, I can't listen to her anymore. She's a what do you think about that, you know, in terms of right. writing about what's going on in the world? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it's all about that authenticity. You know, when I was uh, writing as a teenager, a lot of times my mom was sort of like, oh, why are you always writing love songs kind of thing, right? right? Like, why don't you write about something, you know, like something that's going on? Because I was very, like, politically interested as a kid as well. So she was like, you know, you're so passionate about all these things. Why don't you write about them? And I was saying, like, you know, it's not that I, like, it's not that I obviously, like, obviously I care about these things, but sometimes it doesn't, like, I would try to write something and it would just come up sounding so forced and so fake Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is, this is not authentic because I tried too hard, you know? Right. And so it does all go back to that authenticity. You know, it's, it's, if I, like, if I were able to express my, my passion for certain, you know, um, like things in that way, um, mm. I really would love to. And I, I'm just, you know, not to say that they're, they're not to say that I don't, I write about my um, experiences with depression a lot. I'm really active right. in the mental health field and that is a big like interest of mine. And so okay. I do write about that, but some things don't come as naturally. Right. right. And so I think it's one of those things where, you know, I get really annoyed when people are like, Oh, you're just a musician. Don't get political. And I'm like, what are you talking right. about? Music has been political from like the, from the Years. beginning of time, you know? You know, music is art, and art has always been, you know, an expression of of humanity, and humanity involves a lot of things. You know, it involves politics, it involves social interests, it involves justice, you know. And so 
I think that's another sort of side effect of, of, of music being seen as like a product, as a, as a business, because then you're like, stick to your field, right? Stick to just, just this music thing. Don't get involved in politics. But in reality, when you're thinking about it as, a, as an art um, form and an expression, mm-hmm. you know, those things have long, like long been associated with, um, you know, historical um, political commentary, right? And so I really, really admire when people are able to like write politically um, mm-hmm. well, because I can't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's something I really admire and I'm very jealous right. of too. Um, yeah, like, I, I like, I don't know if, if it's really your style of music. I don't really know what you like, like to listen to, but I really love um, Grandson. He writes a lot of uh, political stuff and I find it really engaging because he really like pushes the boundaries and he really makes right. you think and the, and, and the lyrics are very like intense. And I think that's what political music is supposed to do. You know, it's supposed to right. really like, like shake you. That's right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I love that kind of music. Wish I was better at it. Wish I like, wish it was something I was good at. But um, but yeah, I also think it's one of those things where if musicians like want to, you know, get active in politics in any way, you know, they want to express their beliefs. I think that that's something that should be normal. You know, they're public figures. They're allowed to talk about what they want, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm always baffled. You know, some people get upset. You know, when you watch the Oscars, the Emmys, or Grammys or whatever the case may be and you know an artist comes up and they become political and and a lot of people are just like oh they don't need to talk about that they have money this and that but the thing is a lot of these artists know about struggle a lot of them were home at a certain point you know and they live in the United States I'm I'm always (laughs) baffled at the fact that like oh they need to stay out of politics but they live in this country you you think they just right. should sit down and shut up and not say anything? That part really it baffles. It just baffles me. I, I never. No, I, I totally get it. And I it's never, also one of those things where where it's like you know a lot of people who are struggling and who don't have a voice can't stand up for for what they what they need and what they believe in because again their their voice is being stripped of them. So it's actually if if somebody has the privilege. To be able to, you know, talk and be listened to, somebody who has a platform, I think it's actually right. beneficial for them to talk about it, right? Because, you know, not all of us have the time, the money, the audience. And right. so, you know, bringing something to, to the attention is, is a huge deal. I don't know if you remember, but I think way back in, uh, oh, I'm, I don't quote me on this. I think it was 2018, the midterms. I, I honestly can't remember but it was like one of the first times Taylor Swift sort of talked about politics and she advocated, right. um, you know, she kind of like put, put her support behind the Democrat candidate. Yeah. And I think it was like 65,000 people registered to vote after, oh. after this, um, you know, in Tennessee. And that's like, that's huge. I mean, 65,000 yeah. people registering to vote. I mean, again, don't quote me on it. Cause I, I'm just pulling the number from my memory, right. but I know it was like a huge number of people registered to vote. Um, because of her support, and I'm, like regardless of who they vote for, that's a great thing. That's encouraging civic engagement, right? Um, so yeah, I think it's you know I think this idea of oh you're just a musician, stick to music is just right. a denial of the complex nature of human beings, right? Like we're all multifaceted. We're all individuals with a lot of elements and a lot of context. That's a hundred percent true. Now, what do you love most about being an artist? Oh, good question. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard to sort of pinpoint one thing. 
I think what I really love is, is that it gives me this sort of cathartic release of being able to sort of express myself in this very clear way um, right. and create, and create something, right? Because, you know, so, like I also journal and it's like, it's nice to put stuff down in a journal, makes me feel good. And, um, you know, like sort of, it is sort of a release of tension, but being able to create something that you can be proud of and sort of show off a little bit, like making art out of it. There's something really satisfying about, you know, creation and the act of creation. And so I think that's prob- that would probably be it, just being able to, you know, participate in this beautiful, like, very human act of creation right. and um, being able to also, like, really put myself into it. Like, earlier we were talking about authenticity and, and sort of being able to, you know, like, I love, to, I love to be able to sort of put myself into a song and then when someone hears it, I'm like, here's part of my story in three minutes, you know? Mm. Yeah, no, I completely, I completely get that. <laughs> um, you sent me a song that I'm going to play. Mm-hmm. All right. It's your favorite color. Tell me what that's about. Yeah, so this is actually an unreleased song. So this is oh. like, you know, yeah. first first listen, very, um, very exclusive. But huh? yeah, so I'm actually, like I said, I'm working on a, a my first album and it is a concept album themed album and basically the entire album is about sort of the experience of falling in love when you're young specifically when you're you know a teenager and um the way that that kind of can can cause like ripple effects through the rest of your life so that's pretty much what the whole album and what this song is about all right let's play city lights from a
<laughs> Thank you. I mean, I love that. I mean, I was trying to sing along. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it, it, you catch on pretty quick. <laughs> um, it's definitely catchy. Thank you. Um, I do like it, and and the funny thing is, um, it actually reminded me of Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh, really? It, you know, Taylor, that's a huge compliment to me, so I will take it. <laughs> ask. Um, while I was listening to it, I, I felt like I could see it in a movie. Um, mm-hmm. Is you know, a, a good thing, obviously. Yeah. Now, with musical career, do you want to get into sync and licensing? I know you're going to release your first album, but you know, streaming <laughs> doesn't pay the bills. Um, because they don't. Pay oh the yeah. Bills. Oh yeah. Um, no, so definitely. You, you know, mm-hmm. it's also kind of one of those things because I'm I I primarily consider myself a writer. You know, um, being able to do something right. with, with publishing, you know, writing for others, um, you know, syncing with, you know, with, with, with movies, TV, all that kind of stuff. Definitely uh, a priority for me. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's all that kind of stuff that you, you know, you got to try and get your foot in the door and, and see yeah. what you can find, right? Yep, that's so true, true, true. Now you also do modeling. I did for a while, yeah. I'm considered a little bit old for it now because you really? age out real quick. Yeah, you know, for for a lot of well, I did I did some some runway modeling. I'm a little too short for most mm-hmm. runway modeling. Um, and uh, yeah, most of the girls, at least at least were in Slovakia where I was. I don't know if it's the same here. It might be different. Um, but yeah, most of the girls I worked with when I was about 21, they were 14, 16, mm-hmm. um, kind of the oldest ones were also 21 like me. And now I'm, I'm almost 25. So, you know, it's a little bit, um, you know, they, there's always, there's always young, new, beautiful girls, you know, and yeah. I do kind of have, have some issues with the, with the beauty industry and the fashion industry. So it did feel sort of like one of those things where I don't know if it would feel, um, I don't know if I would feel proud of, of doing that. Not to say that all modeling is bad. Obviously there's so much, um, there's so much variety in the field, you know, and there's so much really fascinating work. Um, Mm -hmm. But at least specifically the kind of work that I was, I was getting into, I, um, you know, I, I just felt a little bit like it wasn't really authentic to me anymore. Um, So I, I never really pursued it to a, to a higher, higher degree. I completely understand. Now, what are you working on now? Now you're working on your new album. Um, how many songs do you think will be on this new album? Um, probably around twelve. You know, kind of a standard, standard album. I haven't fully narrowed it down. We're still working, but um, but yeah, I think that'll that'll probably be what it ends up ends up being. Now, have you decided how you're going to promote the album, market it? Because here's the thing, you know, once you decide to do the album, then the whole whew, promotional yeah. thing. Oh, that's the part oh, yeah. that I think the most, <laughs> I got to say. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it's tough. It's also it's also one of those things where, you know, you need to have not necessarily a team, but at least, you know, a couple good people to work with and um, a couple good contacts. And, and, and these are the things that are sort of um, – uh, you know, really important to find. 
Um, so when it comes to uh, promotion of the album, I will probably do some promotion back in Slovakia just because I have a little bit of uh, a little bit more um, of a presence in the okay. uh, entertainment industry over there. So that's probably how I'll start out. You know, I only really recently relocated to the U.S. Right. and obviously it's a much, much bigger and more saturated market. Um so, you know, it's, it's sort of a sort of a one step at a time kind of approach I'm taking. I'm still sort of uh, networking a bit, meeting people. Um, I'm pretty close to New York, which is really nice because, right. you know, obviously there's a lot going on. Um, so, you know, it's yeah, there's 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 a lot to do. Uh, lots, lots of people to talk to, lots of um, sort of uh, ways to go about it. Um, yeah, I, I think. I think that we'll we'll see how it goes. Now, what are three things you wish you had known before you got into the music industry? Oh. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's kind of funny because my sister, you know, she's older than me and she got into the entertainment industry really young. And okay. um so a lot of things, you know, when I was younger, I had, you know, all these dreams of like, oh, I want to be a big, you know, I never really wanted to be famous, but I wanted to be like, I wanted to be touring and you right. know, um, putting out music all the time and all that kind of stuff. Um, and watching her go through that, and even if it was in sort of the, the smaller, smaller, you know, market of, of Slovakia and, and the Czech Republic, um, you know, a lot of it is, is just not what it seems, right? right. And, um, you know, she loved music. I mean, she still, lo- she still does. She's still a musician, you know. And so watching her go into the industry, all of the, the amazing experiences she had, as well as all the really, really difficult experiences she had, they kind of really were almost like a, a lesson for me. It was almost like I got to just watch her go through what I was thinking about going through ahead of me, you know that's kind of what older siblings do in general, right? They kind of right. like deal with all that stuff before you. Um, <laughs> and so, so, you know, it was, it was kind of like, I obviously, you know, when I was young, I didn't really know anything about the industry. I was just kind of right. like, Oh, we'll see. You know, I just want to, I just want to do music. You just have this idea of like, Oh, I just want to perform, but there's so much more to it than that. Right. And right. I think one of the, one of the toughest things for me was really dealing with the idea of, not a significant amount of it is based on your talent. You know, a, a much more significant yeah. amount is based on your appearance and your your wealth and your luck, mm-hmm. right? On uh, your opportunities and your contacts and all these kinds of things, you know. And, um, yeah, and I think especially for, for women, you know, the, the, the ever-present um, focus on your appearance and sort of adhering to this very strict, um, ideal of how you're supposed to look, you know, right. these are things that are, you know, they're really the dark side of the industry. And, um, you know, seeing, seeing the way people responded to my sister, um, seeing the way that, you know, tabloids ripped her up for everything, mm. you know, you know, it analyzed her weight, analyzed her figure, analyzed, you know, who she went out with, analyzed every, you know, all these kinds of things and sort of reduced it to a very shallow, um, shallow thing um, sort of really turned me off the idea of, of being like a public figure, right? That's the thing with music is, is technically if you want to be really successful in like popular music, right. that comes with a certain amount of like being in the public sphere. Right. Um, 
because like basically becoming a celebrity is a sign of success in this field. But I, I think that um, there's, there's so many, there's so many parts of that that are really, um, really difficult and, and, and really hard to, hard to deal with. So I think that was the biggest thing that I sort of learned along the way. Yeah, um, this business, and I think a lot of times people think, oh, I'm just going to go into music and I'm going to be famous. And they don't understand all the hard work. I mean, there's so much work that needs to be done in in this music industry, and it's just crazy. It's crazy right. hard, and it's different now. Like back in the day, you could go into radio station, I mean, really back in the day, and bring your little yeah. 40 little record and say can you play it in nine times out of ten they're going to play it here is pay to play yeah now you have to see if your music will work on on social media on these different apps mm-hmm. hey people didn't have this there's way <laughs> more pressure to try to get your yeah. song so viral on these these social media apps. oh yeah you know Definitely. you know i'm not gonna lie i tried to get my my songs to go viral and people use them but it's it's just it's way more work and it's like you were right when you mentioned it's great if you can afford to have a team or a team that mm-hmm. works free and help you out <laughs> and do all that because they're like oh you gotta post you gotta post on twitter you gotta post on instagram you gotta post on facebook you gotta post on you know, on clubhouse you gotta post on tiktok you gotta do this you gotta do that and they're only 24 right. hours a day <laughs> oh yeah you know? and also there's a there's a real like you know, lack of, of privacy when you do this, because it's not enough to just post your music, right? Um, people want to know about you. It's, it's not just about your music. You know, they want, they want the sort of the, the, the personality as well. And I get that impulse. I totally feel the same way um, with, with, in regards to the artists that I really like, but it's a, it's a much, it's like a very big commitment, right? To be like, how much of my private life am I willing to give up in pursuit of, you know, my goals in music, right? Exactly. But to say, you know, people, inv- well, people, I don't think people should invade so much of your privacy, but when you decide to become an uh, artist and, and you want to, you know, garner attention, your, your life, your, your life becomes not your own. It's sad, but you know, people want to get to know you. They, they want to invade that life. And I think you give a little, you don't have to give so much, but yeah, I, mean, I, don't, think, I don't think it's yeah, I don't think people really want to invade. I think people are just naturally curious because we want to connect with our artists. You know, we love their art, so we want to connect with them as people. I think that's a very, very normal thing. Um, but then when you're on the side of the artist, you have to be like, well, okay, I want to be authentic. I want to show myself, but I also want to keep a little bit of myself to myself, right? Um, and sort of be able to have a little bit of your life um, that just remains yours, you know. Um, so you know, it's it's a it's a difficult line, right? It's a it's, you know, it's one of those things where you have to sort of find the the happy medium ground, which is you know hard to find. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you know, you you can't go into the music industry blind. <laughs> Definitely uh, not. Yeah. You have to be aware of, you have to be able to draw the line and you have to be aware of the things that, you know, people can say. And you you definitely have to have an armor on you and not right. care what, not care what people think. You need to be able to do your thing. That's the bottom line. Right. 
thing with the music industry. I, you know, obviously it's an industry where you kind of have to care. Oh, if somebody likes your songs or not. But that, on the same, on the other line, I'm like, I just don't care. I do music. Uh, I create music to make a difference, right? Um, right. And I know that music's subjective. Some people are gonna like it. Some people are not. You know, if one person right. likes it, I've done my job. That's the way I look at music now. Um, Definitely, yeah. You know, it's just. It's just a, a crazy, 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 crazy business. I mean, if you really want to be in the music business, you've got to love it. Because oh, yeah. the stuff that we all go through in this music industry <laughs> is just, it's just yeah. too much. It's too much. You know, trying to get paid on these streaming platforms and you know, trying to book a gig. And sometimes they don't want to pay you what you're worth. And, oh, can you sing for free? No. Sorry. Yeah can't do that <laughs> yeah it's tough i'm worth i'm worth more than that sorry can't do it you know what i mean so yeah mm-hmm. that's Definitely. that well carmel thank you for being on chatting with nat it was my honor i love the song by the thanks way thanks for having me thank you thank you it was great to be here i can't wait to hear your your songs in some movies documentaries something because I'm, <laughs> I'm sure they will be because you, you you i can i can already hear it it's just fantastic. Thank you. I I really hope you're right. <laughs> uh, fingers crossed, but I think I will be. I think I okay. will be. Yes. So you have an awesome, awesome night, and thank you so much. Now, everybody, you got to follow her. She's on www.carmelparadise.com, Instagram.com, Carmel Paradise. And if you don't remember that, you can Google. Google is your friend. You can find so many people on Google, but you can find Carmel Paradise. Until next time on Chatting with Nat. Thank you, Carmel. Thank you. Alrighty. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.